The stories told in this radio series were drawn from a collaborative research study of alcohol-related problems in Uganda. The study focused on techniques Ugandans living in the suburbs of Kampala use to respond to cases of problem drinking. Given the relatively recent introduction of Western ideas of alcoholism and addiction in Uganda, most people sought help for their problems outside the formal medical system. They visited herbalists to buy herbal emetic therapies. They made offerings to the Lubali spirits in the shrines of Basamize. They prayed for deliverance in the Pentecostal and charismatic churches. This radio series is a collection of their stories. The stories told here are true as remembered by the people who shared them with the research team. The research team hopes that in sharing these stories with you, that you may come to learn about the wide range of techniques people use to resolve situations of problem drinking. My father was Catholic and wanted me to become a priest but he took me out of a seminary because of my poor grades. After attending a different secondary school, I came back to the family home and got a job nearby at a garment factory. I was earning well, but then Idi Amin, the then president, was overthrown. The company was looted and I lost my job. After that, I started to slowly test Waraji and it gradually developed into a habit. My mother had connected me to a job in a restaurant. I was working, but also seriously drinking alcohol, feeling as a youth. I was always with a group. Most of them are dead now. I usually left work at the restaurant at 8 p.m., sometimes later than that. What followed was serious drinking. But I was clean and knew how to make money. I woke up very early and worked. It took me five years, seven years, ten years, drinking in a respectable way. But when I clocked 12 years, alcohol owned me. And I began doubling the amount that I took. I began to be a Lujuju, someone people knew as a serious drinker. This was in the late 1980s. And our main drinking spot was under an avocado tree. We had a group called Basajava today, men are seated. There was one who used to come with money and buy for the whole group. We had a 10 litre bottle which we would fill with waraji and place it in the center of the table. Each could take as much as he wanted and it would be refilled by the man many, many times. Over time, alcohol built a house on me and I gradually failed to cultivate food. By the time the, at the first morning prayer of the Muslim at the mosque, I was already holding a Lubanto bottle of 250 mils of Waraj in my hands. For a time, that bottle could allow me to work, but over time, I couldn't even raise my head. Alcohol weakened my legs, I lost my appetite, and I totally stopped working. To get money to drink, I started selling things from the house. I was unmarried and living at my parents' boys' quarters. Eventually, I sold all my clothes. I used to pray for sunshine so that I could wash 
and quickly dry the old shirt and trousers that I had left with. Eventually, even my fellow drinkers chased me away from their group because I stopped bathing and washing my clothes. Members of the community talked to me about the problem. Even my fellow drinkers used to tell me, we all drink, but you have excelled on us. They isolated me and made me sit on the ground. But with my stupidity and with Saturn entering my brain, I didn't notice how bad things were. Having sold off my bed and mattress, I was now just sleeping on old sacks. Eventually, my father locked the house because there wasn't anything left in it, and I was forced to sleep on a stack of bricks that I didn't have firewood to burn. But truly, how could they let me sleep in their house? How could I fit in a family of the royal clan, me who looked like a mad person? My father refused to let me enter the house to eat, but even though my father refused, my mother would sneak food to me when she could. Then, in June 1990, there was a crusade at the playing field, and people singing a song in Swahili, Wamilele, Wamilele, Mungu, Wabaraka, Niesu, that Jesus is the eternal blessing. As they sang, my heart started to pound in my chest. Tuba locally women came over to me and said, come to the gospel and Jesus will free you away from alcohol. I answered to them that give me a week and I will get saved. This wasn't the first time I had thought about this. My young brother was saved already and was always telling me to get saved too. This was the time when my friends were seeing me as a nuisance and didn't want me near them. I didn't have any money left, and I had sold everything that I had. I began to realize that my drinking was a serious problem. I even told that young brother that I was going to jump in front of a car and kill myself. I had also started having strange dreams that left me weakened when I woke up. The next morning, I went to see a woman at a bar for my morning bottle, as I always did. That morning, I drank and even brought some home. I don't remember what I had sold to buy that bottle. I went back to my stack of bricks and drank and then slept. I woke up at around 3.45 and I saw the Lord. I can't say it was a dream but I saw him. I woke abruptly and I was sweating heavily. In the vision, the Lord was wearing clothes like Ketara. He was up on a wooden stairs and I tried hard to reach him but couldn't. He said to me, Child, you have refused to leave alcohol, but I am here mending my shoes. I woke up again a few minutes later sweating heavily and my heart was telling me go and get saved otherwise you will die of alcohol i stood up as i reached the water tank my young brother who had got self saved before me came i told him i am going to get saved the lord has asked me to get saved he doubted that i was serious but he said i'll go with you he went 
got his bicycle and drove me until we reached the church. The pastors were there and they saw me coming. Pastor Christopher saw me from a distance and shouted to me, You man, you really are blessed by God. You were about to die in just a matter of hours. And it was the truth because I really was about to throw myself into the moving cars on Entebbe Road. The pastor then asked me, why have you come here? I said, Pastor, I have come to get saved. He told the other pastors that go and pray for that man. Pastor Charles took me to the church, which was small at that time. Inside the church, we also found a niece of mine, another girl who was always asking me to get saved. When she saw me, her face lit up with joy and said, Uncle has come to get saved. Pastor Patrick then began to pray for me, and that is when I lost consciousness. When I woke up, my niece was still there waiting for me. This was Friday. Pastor Andrew was the first person who gave me clothes to put on the following Sunday. He also gave me a Bible. I, the person who never bathed, never shaved, realized that time how filthy I was. Something big uh, dispossessed me and that I found out how that I was. At home, I had told my mother how I got saved, but she replied in a mocking voice that got saved? Glory be to the Lord. She thought it was a joke. When I went to church on Sunday, the service bored me at first. After the service, I went to Pastor Patrick and he asked who I was. And I said, I am the man Kajumba who you, you prayed for. He was amazed. He had thought I wouldn't stick to it, but indeed God had changed me instantly. The pastors also told me that I had to attend Bible study. Pastor Patrick told me, I am assigning you that chair to you. Never leave it. You have to attend Bible study. Sitting in that chair strengthened me in my belief. I spent two years not missing Bible study for a single day. That helped me much to be with the Word. Likewise, on Sundays, I sit in the same seat from January to January. After about three months, my family started to see change. My father eventually returned the boys' quarters to me. I was allowed back to the family table and given back my house, a metal bed, a mattress, a blanket. For the last 18 years, I have given my services to the church freely, clearing much of the land and also the ditches around the buildings early in the morning every day. Through the connections I made at the church, I also met and married a beautiful wife, and we have remained happily married to this day. The study was carried out by Dr. China Shaz, George Mpanga, and Sarah Namirembe, and was funded by the University of Virginia, the National Science Foundation of the United States, and approved by the Uganda National Council for Science and Technology. 
in accordance with the requirements of the Uganda National Council for Science and Technology, they have changed the names of the people involved as well as places and other identifying details.